This is Darrell Alia, and you're listening to episode 32 of the Before the Millions podcast. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur and you are listening to the before the millions podcast hey this is mark asquith the host of the seven minute mentor podcast global entrepreneur and all-round geek and you are listening to the before the millions podcast i am mc lobster the cash flow ninja and you're listening to before the millions podcast you're listening to the before the millions podcast but whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye hey what's up what's going on btm community we're back again for another installment of the before the millions podcast and this episode is fire guys i told you guys in 2018 we're coming at you guys with nothing but straight content actionable step-by-step content things you could immediately implement to get you on your way get you into your first investment property or your next investment property this is 2018 and we're laser focused laser focused guys on on creating wealth through real estate building up cash flowing assets guys i think that's the goal so on today's episode guys we're speaking with Jordan Goodman. Now, Jordan is known as the American Money Answer Man. And all this because his expertise has allowed him to quite literally write the dictionary for investment and finance, along with 13 other best-selling books. So he really knows this stuff. He really knows what he's talking about. And he pulls out so many cool tips, tricks, and strategies to help us get into our next investment property, to help us save money with our current investment properties. It's really, really fascinating stuff. So a few of the things that we're going to cover on this episode, one is how the new tax law is going to affect homeowners. And this is homeowners across the nation, not just real estate investors, homeowners in general. So you want to definitely know how this new tax law is going to affect you. The outlook on marijuana stocks in 2018 the outlook on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in 2018, the outlook on the real estate market. I mean, Jordan is going to teach us how to invest in real estate funds. He's going to tell us how to maximize our Roth IRA. And it took me a while to get to the gold. But once I got Jordan talking, we were off and rolling. One of the biggest takeaways from this episode is learning that banks are not perfect. Loan servicers are not perfect. And there are tons of mistakes being made every single day on our mortgage and not only our mortgage, but our escrow and PMI. And we could quite literally save hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars by one simple little trick. And Jordan is going to share that with us. There are going to be a lot of links mentioned on today's show because Jordan is giving out value bombs. I mean, he's showing us how to invest in secured real estate funds. He's showing us how to verify that our mortgage payments are correct, how to verify that our escrow payments are correct, how to verify that our PMI is even correct. So if you are already a homeowner or an investor, you can potentially save tens, if not tens of thousands of dollars just by listening to this episode. It's going to be crazy. 
So don't worry about jotting down all the links mentioned on today's episode. I have a downloadable gift for you guys that will include a bulk of the information discussed in this episode. So stick around until the end. Oh, one thing I failed to mention that we will be discussing on the episode as well is a not so popular method, almost a secret method of paying off a 30 year mortgage in five to seven years. And this is not with some crazy adjustment to your payments. You're going to hear a secret method or a method. I wouldn't say a secret method, but a method that banks wouldn't particularly want you to know in which you can pay off a 30 year mortgage in five to seven years. Really, really good stuff, guys. So what I'll do is I'll just give you guys the link to the downloadable free gift right now. And this free gift is just for this episode. So if you want access to this free gift, it's literally just a PDF that that highlights and outlines a lot of the links that we discussed on this episode, where to find a lot of these savings and discounts and, and, and websites that are, that are, that are going to save you tons of time, effort, money, research. You'll find a lot more about what I'm talking about on the episode. But if you want to go ahead and download that free gift, it's at beforethemillions.com slash verify. Again, this this PDF is going to be a PDF that include a lot of these links to show you how to go from paying a mortgage off in 30 years to five to seven years. It'll show you the links that you'll need to get to to save tons of money on your mortgage, to save tons of money on your escrow and your PMI. I love it. I actually uh, talked to Jordan over the weekend because when we recorded the episode earlier, he he mentioned that, that a lot of these companies do not charge unless they're able to save you money. As I strive to provide you guys with as much value as I can, I made sure that I went to research some of the links that Jordan provided for us. And I found out that there were some upfront charges that Jordan may may not have been aware of. So I reached out to Jordan and I reached out to the company and they were super awesome. They were super nice. And I told them, you know, kind of what this episode was about and what me and Jordan had already discussed, kind of just based on our preconceived notions. And they said that they would honor anything that we discussed on the episode. So, you know, they have their normal rates of what they charge. And I'm talking about companies that are that are charging to do research on your mortgage and to make sure you're paying the right amount and that the bank doesn't owe you money. And what they're going to do is they're going to waive that fee for you guys just for the BTM listeners. Again, all because I took the extra step to, to ask questions to make sure that that information was, was was valid and and now you know we have we have a special opportunity in which you know my listeners and my listeners alone are able to to download this PDF go to these websites and uh, literally literally test out some of these options literally test out some of these tools that that are being used to, uh, to save people tons of money so again if you want access to that PDF it's uh, at beforethemillions.com slash verify. I'm sure I've whet your appetite enough and I, I know you're ready to get into the episode. So am I. There's so many things I wanted to cover on this intro, guys. I just got back to the States. Um, I'm in Houston for a couple of days. I wanted to talk about the personality test that I mentioned a few weeks back on, on a prior episode, but I guess I'll save that for, for a future episode because I learned a lot about my personality that I want every single person or I'm going to try to create an atmosphere in which every single person I work with has to take that test has to take that. It really opened up my eyes to what type of person I am, how I process information and how I best work with others. So I, it's definitely something that currently holds my interest because I think that the better we know ourselves, the more we know 
what gets us going, what drives us, how we analyze different situations as opposed to others, the, the better we can all cohesively work together towards a common goal. So uh, we'll talk about that on another episode. Another thing, guys. So episode 31, before the millions.com slash episode 31 is officially the first solo episode that we've put out. So the episode right before this episode, and that episode is titled six reasons why you should purchase your first investment property in 2018. And boy, has that episode shot up the charts as far as downloads, as far as shares, as far as mentions. It's it's crazy. So if you haven't already listened to the six reasons why you should purchase your first investment property in 2018, you need to go back to that episode either uh, before you listen to this episode or immediately after, because that episode is going to definitely energize you. It's going to motivate you. It's going to lay out why I why I feel so strongly about real estate here in 2018. And in that episode, I also, also, also talk about how to be successful in 2018, what success is supposed to look like to you in 2018. And it's, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, just knowing that you can, that, that you can literally be successful if you just shift your mindset, if you, if you take half a second to shift your mindset to, to what it is that you want to do and how you want to be successful, that you can start being successful immediately. Uh, it's very powerful. So that's a, another really, really great nugget in that episode. Last but not least in that episode, I go into great detail about how my number one goal this year is to help as many people as I can buy their first investment property, their first cash flowing real estate asset, more specifically overwhelmed and unfulfilled employees who maybe have that that corporate day job and are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and are starting to realize that this rat race that they're on is a hamster wheel, that their 401k makes no sense to them. And they, they are starting to look to real estate as their means for lifestyle design, maybe financial freedom, maybe just subsidizing their W-2 income, but they're starting to look to real estate and either they've already started doing research Search and they, they've started uh, getting getting educated and maybe even started looking at properties or they're just now getting a taste for this. This is one of the first podcasts that they're listening to and it's something that's piquing their interest. So this is my target demographic, not saying that I'll, I don't work with people outside of this demographic, but this is my target demographic because I was once there. I know exactly what these people are going through. I agonized guys. I agonized, agonized month over month trying to figure out why I was in a situation that I did not feel comfortable in that a situation that I did not want to be in. I knew that I, I knew that the most valuable thing to me, even back then was my time. I just didn't know how to control it, how to own it and how to go about doing the things that I truly loved. It wasn't until I stumbled upon real estate that I figured out that if I can create enough passive cash flow. You know, again, because the name of the game is cash flow. It's not about uh, accumulating mount, mountains and mountains of wealth. I mean, hopefully if we do the things that we love, maybe we can get there if that's our goal. But, you know, my my drive, what drives me is cash flow because I know that, you know, being a millionaire, being a billionaire, whatever, it, whatever it is, that's that's all super vain. And that that's not an actual goal when it comes to when it comes to fulfillment in this world, you know, an actual goal is having your time to be able to do things that, that you truly want to do, to be able to help people that you want to help, to be able to travel and visit places that you've always thought that you that you wanted to visit. That's what I see as a formidable goal. So when I realized that I was in a position to not call the shots, I wanted a change. And what I turned to was real estate. I, I understood the mechanics of real estate. I had been in the real estate industry for so long as a W-2 employee that I knew exactly what type of real estate I wanted to 
to get in. I knew that, that I didn't want to be a fix and flipper. I knew that that was another job. I knew that that, w- that was a way for the government to take as much taxes as, as they wanted. So that wasn't an option for me. So I stumbled upon rental property investing. And if this is a path that you're going down that you that you think it is for you, I want to help you. I, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode. I've opened up eight slots, eight slots for or for the month of January. I, although you can only book these eight slots in January or at least until the eight spots fill up, you can book through February 15th. You don't have to book your coaching call for January. You just have to book it in January. This is a one-time limited offer. We're going to get on the phone and we're going to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We're going to talk about how you're starting out, what you're doing, what your strategy is and how to best your strategy. You know, we're going to talk about what your next steps are. We're going to talk about what your overall goal is, what your vision is. We're going to, we're going to give you resources. We're going to put you in contact with the people that you need to get into your first uh, investment property, whether that's a property manager, that's an agent. That's a lender. We're going to do everything that we can within this hour to get you on your way. You will leave your one hour conversation feeling like you you, you got you got five thousand, ten thousand dollars worth of information and you're going to be on your way. I guarantee that you're, you're, you're going to have the next steps that you need to buy your first investment property in 2018. So if that's something that interests you guys, I definitely Want, want to go ahead and book, get you booked on my calendar again. I don't know how many spots are left currently at the release of this episode, but I do know, but I can tell you that we started out with eight spots at the release of last week's episode. So maybe next week I'll give you an update on how many spots are left, if any. So I just want to throw that out there. So if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me, visit beforethemillions.com slash January. That's J-A-N-U-A-R-Y beforethemillions.com slash January. Let's get on a call. Let's let's achieve your number one goal in 2018 of buying your first investment property. You know, you talked about this in 2016 that, hey, my New Year's resolution in 2017 was to is to buy my first investment property. And if you didn't achieve that goal, if you didn't take any actionable steps, like you can have a goal, but if there if there are no steps between you and that goal, that goal is not going to get accomplished. So we're going to provide you with the actual steps. We're going to talk through your mindset. We're going to we're going to create a mechanism for you to make sure that you achieve that goal in 2018. That is my dream and vision for you. So if that's something that you're interested in, visit beforethemillions.com slash January. And with that, my friends, let's get into the tip of the week. DeRay's tip of the week. Pretty easy, simple, straightforward tip of the week for this week. Since we're so early into 2018, guys, there are still people out there, investors out there, newbies out there who haven't yet read the classic that started this whole journey for me and many, many entrepreneurs, many real estate investors. But if you haven't picked up that little purple book, if you haven't read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm not an affiliate, not getting any commissions for this. I'm just telling you that it seems like 99% of the people in this world who who become real estate investors have read that book or are real estate investors because of that book. It's crazy. It's not like this world record-breaking book of gold, but the concepts in there are so simple, so easy to digest and so impressionable. You know, I believe that if you're in a if you're in an impressionable state right now, if you're if you're kind of between decisions or you're trying to kind of figure out what you're supposed to be doing next, you're trying to figure out how every how your life is supposed to play out, how things are supposed to work, what you're supposed to be doing. 
it's a great, great book during that stage. Great, great book. It's very, very impressionable. So I recommend that you guys pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the original book. And if you've already read that book, read, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Guide to Investing, and also read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Cash Flow Quadrant. Those are the sequels to that book. So that is this week's tip of the week. Go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, whether it's on Audible or if you prefer reading, get the physical book. And let's get into the show. And now your feature presentation. Today, I'd like to welcome Jordan Goodman to the show. Hey, Jordan, how's it going? Great to be with you, Derek. Hey, I'm, I'm excited for our episode. We, we've kind of chatted a little bit before the episode. If you guys don't know who Jordan is, he's nationally known as America's Money Answer Man and has been a regular guest on Fox News. Fox Business Network, uh, CNN, CNBC, you name it. He spent 18 years on the editorial staff of Money Magazine, which I think is fascinating. So let's give the listeners a, a background. Let's give them, give them somewhere to start. How did your entrepreneurial journey first start? Well, I'll start at age 12. How about that? <laughs> in the summers, I grew up in Rhode Island. My father was a professor at Brown. And in the summers, we had a place in Hyannis right on the water. And so I used to deliver the Cape Cod Times from age nine to 12, and I'd hang around the newsroom. And so I said, this is, this journalism stuff's kind of interesting. So I actually started writing a column for the Cape Cod Times at age 12, which was called Youth Baseball, which was about all the baseball leagues throughout Cape Cod, the Dennis League and the Yarmouth and the Chatham and the Falmouth and all these different leagues. So I did that for five years, and I had all these presidents of the league where all these adults calling into me. They didn't know I was 12, you know, but it was fine. <laughs> so I was kind of an you know, entrepreneur journalist from the beginning. And then I saw when I was in the newspaper that they would do a print overrun. They'd print more papers than they actually needed. And all these papers were lined up. And I asked the pressman, I said, what do you do with these papers? He said, we just throw them out. I said, well, do you mind if I take them? He said, fine. It just makes it easier for us. So I would then take the papers in my bicycle down to the ferries, which would go over to Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket and sell them on the boats for like 50 cents a piece. So my cost of goods was zero, and I would and, and I'd run out of papers and go back and get more and just go back and forth and back and forth. By the other day, my hands were black with ink, but I might have made like $300 or something, you know. So that was my first journalistic slash entrepreneurial venture, and it's, it's been that way ever since. I've always been a journalist, as you say, at Money Magazine. I was at NBC News for nine years, Marketplace Radio. I've done 13 books on financial topics but always with an entrepreneurial side as well. I run my own business at this point. I just love to help people in every way possible make the most of their money. And today we're going to give you a lot of specific strategies and then specific resources to help you implement those strategies in all aspects of real estate. Oh, I love it. I love it, Jordan. So how did you first turn your ear to finance? I mean, you started in journalism, but you weren't, you weren't journaling about financial ideas or financial concepts. You were journaling about other things. How did you first turn your ear to finance? Well, my mother was very much invest, involved in investing, and my grandfather had been very much involved in it. So I kind of was always interested in it. It really was in, I went to Amherst College in Massachusetts, and then went to Columbia School of Journalism after that. And that's really when I, I had some courses in economic and financial journalism, and I really thought that was going to be interesting. And I came out of there and started working for Money Magazine, and then you, you always learn these things on the job. But I always see financial journalism as the kind that really impacts people directly. And I get emails from people and calls, and I do call and radio shows, and I just love to help people both positively make things better and get out of trouble. I mean, I kill people who should not go bankrupt or lose my house. I get it all. And I just love it's 
journalism that really affects people directly as opposed to, you know, political journalism, they can throw mud at each other all day, but it doesn't really affect me personally. So that's what I always loved about financial journalism. So Jordan, let's get into the root cause as to why you got into the finance space. I mean, did you, was there something in the space that, that intrigued you before you started teaching others and helping others? What drew you to that space? Well, actually, I had a professor at Columbia who had been the former head of public information at the Federal Trade Commission. And he made us go out and do all kinds of journalistic things, financial journalistic things, that I just found fascinating. I'll just give you one idea. We went out, you had to go out to small claims court and, and find stories. And everybody's got a story. <laughs> so you just go there and there's, everybody wants to talk to you because they're right. You know, they're standing up for principle and all that. And they're battling over like $90 or something, but it's like, I've got to make sure I'm, I'm right. So at, at that time, I was in Columbia in 1976-77. There was the new Consumer Protection Agency that was going to be formed. And the stock market was soaring. And it just it was always a very interesting area. So I went from there and then thought personal finance would be the way to go. So Money Magazine was a logical place. I went there and was there for 18 years. So it's always been practical journalism that affects people. And people want to know, what am I supposed to do? Where do I put my money? How do I get a better mortgage? How do I get better credit cards? And these are the things I love to answer people. And so that's why I've been America's Money Answers Man for over 35 years. Now, now, Jordan, before you, be, you can become the answer man, I believe that you have to implement some of these things yourself in your life to, to kind of be able to, to help people, you know, towards their financial goals. So early on in your life, what, what were some of the, the vehicles that you were interested in that you started maybe dabbling in that, that kind of got you going? You're right. You have to eat your own cooking, I guess you could say. And so that's correct. So, I mean, certainly with credit cards, getting good credit cards, investing very early on, I got involved in stocks and mutual funds now, cryptocurrencies, whatever the latest thing, I'm always interested in, want to learn, learn about what it may be. I did some various real estate transactions, insurance. I mean, all these things I talk about, I do for the most part. So you're completely right. I'm not just a, a, a kind of a objective observer. <laughs> And everybody that I recommend that I'm going to recommend on the show are people I've vetted extremely carefully and worked with for 20 years or more and really know that they do, do the right job. So I have very, very high standards, as I did at the magazine about who I wrote about. In fact, some of these people we'll talk about I did meet while I was writing and reporting at Money Magazine, which was, you know, 20 years ago in many cases. So having high standards, because people do trust me, rightly so, to give them good advice and good resources. And I want to make sure it always works out well. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so Jordan, if you can share with us, what would you say percentage-wise is your portfolio of investments? What are you investing in? You know, you talked about cryptocurrency stocks. You talked about real estate. What does what your portfolio look like? Well, I've got a piece of real estate in Nicaragua. That's kind of my unusual, but it's, it's worked out really great. The rentals are there. It's a beautiful place. It's kind of the next Costa Rica, I guess you might say. Uh, I mean, I had a house in Westchester for many time, many years. When my son graduated, I didn't need to pay the property tax anymore. So I was I gladly sold and, and now very happy renter, <laughs> which worked out really well because when the new tax law came in, real estate values around Westchester, New York are really going to get hurt. But I have a whole portfolio of stocks and ETFs, and I've started to dabble in cryptocurrencies as, as well. And I watch these things very carefully. And I'm always reading and hearing what the latest trends are. So, and then I do options. I mean, I do just all kinds of different things to implement these strategies. So, so the bulk of your portfolio lies where? In individual stocks and ETFs. Uh, I'm always trying to do the new, for example, I'll just tell you what I bought yesterday. I bought one called MJX, which is an exchange traded fund for pot stocks. 
all the marijuana-related stocks. In Canada and Europe, America, clearly marijuana is going to keep coming. Instead of doing one individual stock, it's got like 50 different stocks and different aspects of marijuana. California just went allowed marijuana for the first time January 1st. So I, that's a trend I think is going to be long-term. And instead of doing one individual stock, there's this new ETF that allows that. So that's just an example of something I did yesterday. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like there's so many, there's so many branches we can, we can kind of, we can kind of lean on it and, and cover. So I, let's, I guess uh, for this episode, let's focus on, on the real estate aspect. Absolutely. Even though this sounds really fascinating. I, just, I had like three questions I wanted to ask you about that, but let's, let's focus on the real estate aspect. Yeah. You mentioned the, the new tax law and you mentioned how it would affect you guys in New York. Can you kind of explain the new tax law to us? Sure. As it affects real estate, it's a revolutionary change that people are really are not expecting and it's going to take a while to adjust to it. Uh, in the past, you had unlimited deductions of property taxes and state income taxes. And so it meant that the people in high-tax states like California, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, that had big homes and big property taxes had huge deductions. No more. As of the tax bill, which is now in effect, you are limited to $10,000 in tax deductions for property taxes and state income taxes combined. Okay, where I live in Westchester County, New York, I mean, we're at the house I had, we had $33,000 a year in property taxes, and now it's 50000 something like that. So that was all deductible, no longer, only 10000 that's deductible, as well as high state income taxes. If you live in California, New York, or these high-tax states, that's a big number. So that's going to change people's perceptions of real estate, residential real estate particularly, because if you're going to go into a home with $30,000 in property taxes, it's going to cost you a lot more if you don't get that state tax deduction. On top of that, that's kind of at the high end. For the average person, many, many, many people, 85 to 90% of Americans, will now take the standard deduction, which for a family is now $24,000 instead of $12,000, meaning they don't get any deductions for anything, including mortgage interest, healthcare expenses, student loan interest. Nothing, because they're taking the standard deduction. They don't care about deductions anymore. So on the lower end, it's going to hurt real estate, people being willing to take on mortgages and not getting a deduction for it. So as far as it affects real estate, the other thing on the high end, uh, the maximum a mortgage can be deducted was now 750000 It had been a million, so it's come down a little bit as well. So those are some of the big impacts on real estate. So it means that the high-tax states with big state income taxes are going to get hurt. And the ones with low taxes or no taxes, like Texas and Florida, are going to be benefited by that because people are going to move from high-tax states to low-tax states because they don't want to pay these huge bills anymore. That, that definitely makes sense. And I can definitely see how this hurts the real estate market, especially from the consumer side. Now, talking to real estate investors, is there any way to take advantage of this new tax bill? I think so. I mean, you want to be investing in where people are moving to. That's always what drives real estate prices, is in-migration, people hiring, people moving into an area. That's where you want to invest because that makes property values and rents go up. You don't want to be investing where people are moving out of where the property base is going to be hurt and you know people are going to have a hard, harder time buying homes, selling homes, renting homes. So, I mean, as far as investment, you want to be in the low-tax states, Florida, Texas, there's loads of low-tax states. They're going to be a clear beneficiary of this bill, and that should affect and will affect investors' behavior. 
That makes it makes a whole lot of sense, Jordan. So moving down your your entrepreneurial journey, we talked about how you spent 18 years on the editorial staff at Money Magazine. What was next after that? Well, I started doing my radio shows. Uh, I did these these books. My first book called The Dictionary of Finance Investment Terms came out in 1983, and now I'm just completing the tenth edition of that. So I was was doing that. I had a lot of books going, a lot of speeches, TV shows, radio shows. It it, it came to the point where Money Magazine needed me more than I needed money, if you know what I mean. So it was a completely amicable parting, but all the projects I was doing just continued to add more once I left Money Magazine. That's when you ventured out on your own. and, and That's right. That's right, which was about 20 years ago at this point. And I mean, I kept doing the NBC thing. I kept doing the marketplace thing. Dentists, dentists have a lot of money. They just don't have a lot of time. So I've been speaking around the country to dentists and, and various other colleges and professionals of all types. So just basically, I continued on without having to answer the people at Money Magazine. And, you know, 20, 18 years is a long time. So it worked out very well. What would you say you're laser focused on? What would you say is your, your you know, we talk about there's so many different aspects of the finance market, of accounting, of real estate, of stocks, bonds. What would you say is your number one sole focus, your, your place of expertise? Well, my biggest focus, particularly related to real estate, is helping people get income passively from real estate because a lot of people have money sitting around in CDs, money market funds, savings accounts, and banks earning zero. So the banks get rich off of this, but it drives me crazy. So that's a big focus of mine is helping people get higher income from real estate in a passive kind of way. And I mean, a specific thing I'm talking about are what are called secured real estate income funds. And so what they do, they pay an 8% yield over annual 8% yield in monthly checks, which you can either take or reinvest if you like. They loan money to high quality commercial real estate projects that use it to renovate or improve themselves in various ways. And it's been a fantastic thing for people. Now there was a new law passed in 2012. So the Jobs Act of 2012 legitimized crowdfunding in effect. And so coming out of that was what's called a regulation A plus fund which allowed the average individual to get access to things that in the past would have been only, you know, multimillionaire types of pension funds. And so this, these secured real estate funds have a minimum of $5,000. You can get into it for $5,000 and earn 8% of your money completely passively. That's been a big focus of mine because I hear from people that say, well, I'm not getting nothing at the bank. <laughs> it's not going to change for a long, long time. So there's a website related to that, securedrealestatefunds.com. They've also got a phone number, 888-444-2102. And there's a place that the average person can get a diversified portfolio. It's in like 30 different states. And it's diversified by type as well. So they have rental apartments, and they have medical buildings, and they have student housing and elder care housing. So it's diversified geographically by types long track record of doing this thing. And this is something a lot of people want. It's how do I hold on to my income, my capital and earn a decent income from it. And in a 0% world to get 8%, I think it's pretty good. So that's been one of my big focuses right now. 
So let's talk to the employees that maybe are not making 0%. Let's talk to the employees that maybe have a, have an employee, one of these employee accounts like Fidelity, and they're, they're able to invest in these different funds. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that the fund that you're speaking of would be a fund that would be able, that would be an option for them. How does that whole process work? How do they get into some of the funds? Those are 401ks, and they're going to be a big company like Fidelity or Vanguard. It's going to offer them certain mutual funds, basically. And, and those are fine. The stock market's been doing very well lately, but it might not do well forever, you know. Uh, and, and bonds yield maybe 2%. So this is something you're correct. This would be outside of a 401k, but you could do this inside an IRA, either a regular IRA or a Roth IRA. And that's something I would definitely recommend to your listeners. And they can do real estate inside IRAs as well, is maximize a Roth IRA first. It, in addition to funding your 401k, you can put up to $5,500 for an individual up to age 50, up to $6,500 for somebody over age 50. The money goes in after tax, but once it's in there, any growth, any dividends, any appreciation is completely tax-free. That's one of the best possible things you can do. So you can put the secured real estate fund in a Roth IRA outside of your 401k, and then since you might not need it for a long time, have the, the dividends compound, and now your money is growing at 8%. That's amazing. That's amazing info, Jordan. So I appreciate you sharing that. Let's kind of let's kind of switch switch subjects a little bit. Still in the real estate realm, but talking more so to active real estate investors. Now you have you have a, a way to verify loan payments. Now, can you kind of describe that to me and let, let me know what all that entails? So there are three kinds of payments that people have to make in real estate: your mortgage, your escrow, and your PMI, what's called private mortgage insurance. So let's take them one at a time. And the, the point is there are mistakes being made in all three of them. And most people don't know those mistakes. And once you figure it out, you can get a refund and, and lower your payments dramatically. Mortgages. So for an adjustable rate mortgage, typically a mortgage is based on an index. Could be like the prime rate, national mortgage contract rate, LIBOR, some index. And then there's a spread over that index. So as the index goes up and down, your payment in theory goes up and down. The reality is there are tons of mistakes being made. A lot of mortgages are originated with one bank and then transferred to another bank and another bank and things get lost in the meantime. So if you can actually verify that mortgage payment, you'll in many cases find you've been overpaying. Uh, There's a website that can help people do that, which is verifymymortgage.com. They get your original documents, see what your payments have been, and they come back and say, you've just overpaid by $8,000 over the last three years, whatever it may be. And they write a detailed letter to your mortgage servicer saying, here's what you should have paid, here's what you did pay, here's the amount of the refund you should give them, and here's the new payment you should adjust it to. So that's on mortgages. The second one being escrow. So escrow is the money you put aside automatically as part of your mortgage payment to pay for property taxes and, and property insurance. So in many cases, banks are overwithholding on escrow. And so again, they do an audit of what the property taxes are going to be, what the insurance is going to be. If you're over escrowed, you'll get a refund of that again. Uh, a website for that is verifymyescrow.com. And the third one is private mortgage insurance, PMI. That is the insurance you are paying to protect the lender. I hate paying insurance where it's not insuring you, it's insuring somebody else. And that's what's happening with PMI. So you need at least 20% equity in your home to be able to avoid or get rid of PMI. So a lot of people don't realize that there are things they can do that make their property value 
go over the 20% mark. The home can appreciate if you're in a rap rapidly rising market. You can be improving your home and make the value of it go over. But you have to take action because normally you can go up to 21, 25% in the bank. It's glad to just keep taking your money. And they're not going to say, oh, you know, you're over 20%. Let's get rid of your PMI. You have to kind of actively do it. So the website for that is verifymypmi.com. And they tell, help you see if there's some way they can get your value over 20% and literally save you hundreds of dollars in unnecessary PMI payments. So those are the three ways to verify the big payments you're making in real estate. Jordan, simply, simply, simply amazing. And listeners, I told you guys that we're coming in 2018 with nothing but strong, actionable content. So there you have it, guys. And if you guys want to know how, and this is for, this is not only for real estate investors, but homeowners in general, just there's a lot of money being thrown down the drain just, just by little, little decimal points, little errors that, I mean, banks are not perfect, guys. We are not perfect. We are all human. Even computers are not perfect. So there are lots of errors that are being made. And if it's an error not in your favor, nine times out of 10, nobody's going to tell you about it. So if you, if you want access, if you, again, he, Jordan has given us three different links and I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a PDF file for you guys. And it's going to be at before the millions.com slash verify. And you can download that PDF instantaneously and get access to all three of those websites and, and go lower your mortgage payment, go lower your PMI. I mean, this, this is free stuff. Am I right, Jordan? Like there's only a charge if they're able to lower, lower your exactly. payment. Exactly. They're going to look at your situation, not charge you anything. But if they say, oh, you know, we looked at it, you can actually save a lot. Then they'll charge you whatever, two or 300 bucks to save thousands. So yes, this is not something you could do yourself. These people track every index and what's up and down and what should have paid. I mean, it's very complicated for the average person to do it. I'm willing to pay a small amount to save a huge amount, not only in money, but in time as well. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. So again, again, listeners, if you want access to every link that Jordan has mentioned so far, visit beforethemillions.com slash verify. So Jordan, let's talk about mortgage savings for, for heroes. You know, still talking about how to save the average investor, the average person with a home mortgage, save them some money here in 2018. Let's talk about mortgage savings for heroes and some things that heroes may not know about the things that are offered to them. So heroes are defined as people who give who in many cases are not appreciated either at all or certainly financially. That would include military, retired, you know, veterans and current military, reserve and all that, fire, police, first responders, EMT, doctors, nurses, teachers, clergy. There's a whole bunch of people that would be considered heroes. So, you know, you might say thank you for your service. <laughs> That's nice, but this is dollars in their pocket, okay? So, if, and, and the website for this is uh, heroescomefirst.com, and at that site, they can get discounts on mortgages, mortgage rates and points and fees of all types, and if they buy a home or if they sell a home, they get a rebate of part of the real estate agent's commission. So it could add up to thousands of dollars in, in discounts as long as you are considered a hero in, in those things. And so it's basically a way of giving back to people and giving them a break that nobody else is giving them a break. So for all those categories, that, that's a free website, heroescomefirst.com. Save them a lot in buying or selling a home or getting a mortgage. Love it, love it, love it. I love this conversation, Jordan, because there, there's a way to save money in every facet. You just have to think outside the box. You have to do your research. You have to listen to podcasts like this. You have to constantly be learning, constantly be 
and taking knowledge, constantly be, be looking for updates because there are resources, there are people out there, there are books, there are magazines, there are websites, there are things that are, are going to help you take your investing to the next level, save a lot of money and use those dollars towards your next investment. So this is this is really, really good stuff, Jordan. Last but not least, before we kind of get to the latter part of your story and what you're currently doing, let's talk about let's talk about mortgage equity optimization and how you can maybe pay off a 30-year mortgage in, in five to seven years, because I think that's an area that would interest a lot of people. Is this something you're familiar with? I, I am not. I am not. Perfect. I love it. Okay. <laughs> this is the most powerful thing you've ever heard about before, okay? This is something you'll never hear about from banks because banks have no interest whatsoever in telling you about a way to pay your mortgage off faster, okay? Ooh. And this is not paying every other week. That's bi-weekly. I'm, I, I heard about that. <laughs> okay. That's making 13 mortgage payments a year instead of 12. That'll cut two years off your mortgage. Nice. I'm talking about 25 years here on your existing level of income. You don't need more income, just the way you flow your income makes a big difference. All right, so I'm just gonna start with the current system and contrast it with the new system. The current system is you take out a 30-year mortgage, you make the same payment for 30 years, all the interest is pretty much front-end loaded in the first 10 to 15 years. After 15 years of paying on a mortgage, maybe you paid off 10% of the principal, some ridiculous amount, okay? And then even worse, if you refinance your mortgage to get a lower interest rate and lower payment, you start a new 30-year cycle all over again, and you just threw out all those tens of thousands of dollars of interest you paid in the first mortgage to get a lower interest rate and lower payment, right? And meanwhile, your money is sitting in the bank in their checking account earning zero. You see how the system works well for banks? You give them your money for free, and you pay them front-end loaded interest for many, many years, and then you just sign up for even more front loaded interest. This is why the banks are so happy with the current situation, okay? And why people are victims and don't even know they're victims in a case like this. So now we're going to flip the tables completely. Instead of having the bank win, we're going to have you, the homeowner or the investor, and this works for investors as well as it works for homeowners as well, have you win. So mortgage equity optimization, you use a home equity line of credit, what's called the HELOC, H-E-L-O-C, which is a liquid line against your house, like a second mortgage. You put money in, you can take it out whenever you like with no penalties whatsoever, okay? So you open a HELOC as a second. You don't get rid of your first, you open as a second. And in effect, you kind of use that as your checking account. So instead of keeping your money sitting in the checking account earning zero, you keep your money from your paycheck or wherever else in the HELOC, pushing down your balance every day. You are making progress on the principal every day with your existing money. So literally your principal balance is going down at an accelerating rate. And because the balance is going down, the amount of interest you're paying goes down. The interest is based on how much you owe. It's called average daily balance. So since your balance is going down every day, the amount of interest you're paying is going down. Okay. And then you keep doing that and doing that. And you're feeding from the HELOC to your first, and then you pay the first down. And then after whatever, five or six years, you are completely mortgage free. Let me give you a simple example of how this might work, okay? Say you had a house that was worth 300000 and you had a first mortgage of 200000 with a 4% rate, just to give you an example. Okay, which is a good rate. That's fine. But it's going to take you 30 years to pay that thing off in the traditional system. Now you open a HELOC, home equity line of credit, for, say, 50000 because you've got, you've got 100000 in equity, so they do 50000 You just opened it. It's free and clear. You would then write a check, and you can write checks on HELOCs, from that first, for the HELOC, towards your first. 
So you now owe 50,000 your first, and now your second, instead of being 200, is 150. All right? And you use this technique, and over the next nine months, a year, whatever it may be, you're constantly whittling down that 50,000 HELOC until it goes to zero by putting money in it just as we described. Then you do it again. You write another check on the HELOC for 50 towards your first, and now instead of 150, you're at 100, like a year later. Okay, you do it two more times. Your first is now paid off. Then you pay off the HELOC over the last nine months, whatever it is, and you are now mortgage-free in roughly five years. That makes perfect sense. I just, I just have a couple, couple gray areas. What are the terms of the HELOC? So the HELOC is an adjustable rate mortgage. It's tied to the prime rate. So it's going to go up and down with the prime rate. It is a second mortgage. It's, like, you know, it's behind the first. But the main thing is it's liquid. You can put money in. You can take it out whenever you like with no penalties whatsoever. See, a first mortgage is not liquid. You can't put money into it and take money out. You can't write a check on your first mortgage. You can write a check on your HELOC, you see, and that liquidity is, is the key. There are three things you need to make mortgage optimization work. The first, got to have equity in your house. If you're underwater in their house, there's nothing to borrow against, so that's not going to work. Second thing, you got to have a decent credit score, 680 or higher, to be able to qualify for that HELOC. And the third and the probably most important one is you need positive cash flow during the month more money coming in than going out because that positive cash flow is what's constantly going in, pushing that balance down on a regular basis. The more positive your cash flow, the faster you pay it off. Okay? I bet the vast majority of your listeners have those three things, and therefore, literally, they could pay off their mortgage in five, six, seven years instead of 30 years and save literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on what we just talked about. Oh, Jordan, this is this is so good. This is so, so good. And and Jordan gave this away, guys, for free. So better believe that I'm going to look into this. I'm going to be exploring this. And guys, I did a chapter got- in my book on this back. One of my books is called Master Your Debt. And I, it's called Mortgage Free in Five to Seven Years. I think I even sent you a copy of it. There yes. is a website that can help people do this, which is called truthinequity.com. Truthinequity.com. It's a free website. You go on there in what's called a personal profile, and you put in the numbers that apply to your situation. Value of your house, mortgage, interest rate, income, expenses, tax rate, all the different things. And then it has the algorithms that says, okay, based on what you're doing today, it's going to take you 28 and a half years to pay off your mortgage. Based on the numbers you just gave us with the calculations we just did, you'll be able to pay it off in 5.6 years, whatever the number comes out to be. And then step by step, they show you actually how to do it. So you can see exactly month by month how much interest, how much principal you'll be paying until you have the whole thing paid off. It is an amazing... Now, this started in Australia in the late 90s, in Canada and Hong Kong, other places. It's catching on a bit in America, but the reason it's not as big as you would think is because the banks resist. Banks have no interest whatsoever in telling you about this. You could go to your bank or mortgage lender and say, I'd like to do mortgage optimization. He'll have no clue what you're talking about. And if you describe it to him, he says, I have no interest in that because I want you to get a 30-year mortgage where you're going to be paying interest for 30 years. You can see why the institutions are not particularly. But what's wonderful about this, you're using your, their own tool, a HELOC, against them to pay off their mortgage faster. It's a wonderful deal. These, these are the exact type of things that I love talking about on this show. That was, that was amazing. That was gold for, for everybody listening. So again, you can pay off your 30-year mortgage in the next five to seven years if you have the following three things. One, you have equity 
in your home. So you're not underwater. You're, the value of your home is not less or equal to the value of your mortgage. Two, I believe you said was credit score. It needs to be at least a 680. And three, you need to be cash flowing. Can't, you can't be bringing in less, less than what you're expending. So sure. if you meet those three qualifications, I definitely, definitely suggest that, that you look into this because this is fascinating stuff. And I have, I have literally heard no one ever talk about this. And I listen to a lot, lots of this podcast. <laughs> it's great. So it, it's, I've been talking about this for about 10 years. I think I've transformed about 50,000 people's lives doing that. 50,000. And I mean, can you imagine a couple, 30, and their mortgage just paid off when they're 35 instead of 60. What kind of a difference is that going to make in their life, right? Yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff, Jordan. So to round out this section of, of the podcast, Jordan, let's, let's get back into your life. Let's talk about your worst, not, not one of the worst, your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Okay. Glad to do that. So there was a guy named Sonny Block who was a very famous real estate guy, actually. He had a, real, a, a big national radio show. When I was at Money Magazine, I was on with him every week for 10 years. He had done, done, appeared on the cover of, is the best way to put it, about seven books. And he proposed to me that we do a book. So we did a book. I wrote it 100% called Everyone's Money Book. And the two of us were pictured on the cover, and we sold a lot of it and all that. And this is in 1992. And then he starts doing some kind of shady things, and he, he bought some radio stations. Remember, this is a guy who was on 300 radio stations for three hours a day nationally. He'd be the equivalent today of like Dave Ramsey or something like that, okay? And so he bought some radio stations. He was selling pieces of those radio stations to his listeners on the radio show. The SEC said, you are selling unregistered securities. You can't do that. You don't have a license and all that. To make a long story short, they went and got him. He ended up in jail, okay? (laughs) Convicted of criminal, all kinds of stuff. I had nothing to do with it whatsoever, except the two of us were on the cover of this huge book. Right? And I'm at Money Magazine and people saying, why are you associating with this criminal? And was, this was like a bad, bad time. So I, I figured out a way to get a note to him in jail, in the tombs in New York, where he could sign it, giving me authorization to do a new version of the book with his picture off of it. <laughs> okay. And he was nice enough to do that. So immediately he came out with a new version of the book with me on it only. But, you know, it was a reputational hit, I must say. And I didn't do anything wrong, but you kind of get dragged down by these things. So I would say that would might be my worst entrepreneurial moment. How, how does that rank amongst your others? <laughs> what, so let me ask you this, Jordan. What was your biggest takeaway from that? What can, you, what can our, our listeners learn from that experience? Deal with people that have integrity. And you, if, if you start getting signs that things aren't quite right, run the other direction because you don't want to get a reputational hit. And that's what happened. I, th- I mean, again, I deal, dealt with them weekly for 10 years. A national radio show based in New York. He had had... Greenspan and every major Wall Street guy on the show for 10 years. So I thought it was good. I went to one of his seminars. I thought some of the stuff looked a little bit cheesy. I said, Sonny, you do, you do not have to do this. You know, he had a brownstone in New York with millions of dollars. He had a radio network. He just had everything. And yet he was greedy to want to get that little extra, you know. And I said, this is going to get you in trouble. Oh, no, it's all fine. He thought it was beyond the law. That's what happens. When people get really big and powerful, they think, they're untouchable. They're touchable, believe me. <laughs> so that's what I learned is when things start going sideways, don't, don't see the end of the program. Kind of get out before. Now, in my case, I really couldn't because the book was already out with the pictures of us out there. So the moment things started going downhill, I got them off the book. But I mean, that's the key thing is 
deal with people with integrity all the way through. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? I would say there's a book called The Future of Money, which is done by Rick Edelman. Uh, came out pretty recently. And it's all about the new technologies and how they're affecting your money. And you can be on the positive side or the negative side. So some of the new technologies he talks about are artificial intelligence, 3D printing, cloud computing, robotics, virtual reality. I mean, there's just a lot of new things that are coming that if you're on the right side, you can do really, really well, and you're going to get destroyed if you're on the wrong side of these things. In fact, I'll just give you a specific thing. There's a fund which is called the Exponential Technologies Fund, the symbol of that is XT, that has in it the 200 fastest growing companies in the world that take advantage of exponential technologies. And so there's a simple way, passive way for the average person to invest in something where all these trends are working for you. So that's one of my favorite books right now. That's amazing. And it sounds like everything is going so good right now. The real estate market is good. I mean, Bitcoin is great, as you touched on all cryptocurrencies, quite frankly. Stock market is doing good. Like you said, you have AI and all these all these futuristic things that you just half of these things are coming into fruition. And it's a great time to investor. But at the same time, it's a very, very, very scary time. And it's hard to decide where to put your eggs in and if you should put all your eggs in this basket or that basket or or diversify or maybe just... Diversify. Don't put them all in one basket. I'll tell you right now. I mean, right now, as you say, the cryptocurrencies are going crazy. And I think they could go up a lot more. But I mean, there was one day in December, they dropped like 25% in a day. So, you know, it can be a bumpy ride. Let, let me give you one piece of advice for all entrepreneurs that I think may be helpful. The key word in being an entrepreneurial success is leverage. And by leverage, I do not mean debt. I mean leveraging your relationships and the expertise and contacts of other people. You as an individual can only do so much. You only have 24 hours a day and supposedly you sleep a little bit, so maybe 18 hours a day, whatever it may be. You can only do so much. If you leverage the relationships with other people that have other expertises, the two of you combined can do a lot more than each of you individually. I love that. That's true in real estate. It's true in a lot of things I've been talking about. I mean, I, like truthandequity.com. I have helped them bring in over 50,000 customers in the last 10 years. They do their thing. I can explain it, but I'm not the one who actually does it. I'm on radio and TV shows telling people about it. So I bring them customers. The customers save tens of thousands of dollars off their mortgages. Truth America gets customers out of it. So the two of us combined leverage each other to make the whole pie bigger. So kind of think of that in your own entrepreneurial life. Whose expertise, finances, contacts can you leverage that will help make your business grow and help them grow? The two of you combined can be much bigger than you each individually. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Well, I just did one recently, which is Coinbase. Coinbase is a way of playing different cryptocurrencies. So at the moment, it's probably going to expand. You can do Litecoin. uh, You can do Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. Ripple. uh, Ethereum. Those are the four that you can do. Okay. You can't do Ripple? Ripple's coming, but it's not there yet. Ripple's been moving a a lot lately, but... At least as of right now, Ripple is not on Coinbase. You have gotcha. to go. It's called Bitstamp to do Ripple. Okay. Uh, and quickly, I don't know. If, I don't know if you just touched on it, but what is Coinbase? So Coinbase is an exchange that you join. 
My understanding is they had 13 million new customers last year because people want to get into this so hot. So it can be a little busy and sometimes it gets slowed down by the volume they have there. But that's a place with one place where you can buy all the different, those four different cryptocurrencies we talked about. So there's an app that'll change your life. Love it, love it, love it. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? I'm able to help people and leverage relationships and new things kind of come up and I, I'm open to what shows up. And you've shown up in my life. I mean, you just never know when you're out there what's gonna show up and who this is going to impact. So, I mean, we're doing exactly right now what we talked about. We're leveraging each other. I'm giving you great information, great content, which makes you look good. You're getting out my content to a whole bunch of people that didn't know about this stuff before. So we're actually doing what I'm talking about here. And I just love that because I can work on my own schedule and just have unlimited impact on lots and lots of people. So it's very rewarding. I love that so much. And there's a saying, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but they say, if you want to go fast, do it by yourself. If you want, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to go fast and then go by all means, go at it by yourself and, and, and go as fast as you possibly can. But if you want to go far, you have to leverage other people. You have to become a team. You have to use the resources that, that are around you. And that's how you go far, guys. So just a piece of advice. Next question. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Well, I mean, I worked at Money Magazine, you know, as a junior person for a long time and learned a lot. There were some senior people and I didn't start off doing everything I know now. So a lot of late nights, a lot of editing stories, a lot of interviewing people. I mean, I paid my dues for a long time. So there were definite sacrifices as far as lifestyle. I mean, when you're at the magazine, and you're closing a story, you stay there till it's closed. And that could be 11 at night and you don't control, the copy desk has to do their thing. And I mean, it's hard to have a life when you don't control when you can get out of there, you know? So I made a lot of, I've traveled a lot and met a lot of people. So I definitely feel I've made, made sacrifices, but the result has been this entire ecosystem, I guess you might say, of contacts and resources and all these things that I try to bring to people. So it's been a long journey, but it's very rewarding. Love it. Who was essential to your growth before and why? Who was essential? Well, I had definite uh, mentors at Money Magazine. And actually, it's interesting. My grandfather, in a certain way, was a mentor for me. My grandfather, who was Leisure Goodman, grew up in Indianapolis in the 1920s. He created what's called the Real Silk Stockings Company. And they did silk stockings in the 1920s, which were really hot. <laughs> okay, that was the, the trend at the time. He built these huge factories with 10,000 people. And he was a real entrepreneur early on. And then when things started going downhill with Japan, where they were getting their silk from, the stockings, he met a guy named Mr. DuPont, who had something called nylon. He was the first one to do nylon stockings. So he was always looking at what the next technology was going to be. In the 1930s, he had what's called the Haloid machine, which is the early version of an IBM. Haloid was the first name before IBM. And they would keep track of measurements. Unusual thing he did, this is kind of strange, but it's true. They had what they called the fit girls in all of the department stores around the country who would measure women's sizes, okay? And they would mail them in. They had a database of women's bottoms, like tens of millions of women. So when their stockings would run, they'd already have their size to send them a new one, like a refill business. 
And so he was one of the early ones to use what now would be called a computer to keep track of women's bottoms <laughs> all around the country. But when I, so, you know, I got to know him. And what I always learned is what's the new technology? What's the latest thing? Keep ahead of what's coming next, you know? And so, like a lot of things we've talked about, nobody's heard about mortgage optimization before. Mortgage for, for heroes, nobody's heard about these before. The real estate fund where you get 8%. It's, it's a new technology because of the Jobs Act. Cryptocurrencies, I'm always trying to look at what the next new thing is coming and keep open. A lot of people are offered opportunities, but they're not open to it, right? And I mean, podcasting, I've been doing podcasting for a few, people didn't know what that was a few years ago, and now it's a really big deal. So always keeping open to what the next possibility is and just going for it. Love it, love it, love it. Last but not least, Jordan, this has been amazing. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions? Part of it is action. People want to wait for everything to be perfectly aligned before they take action, right? The way most people do it is ready, aim, fire. And the right way to do it is ready, fire, aim. Meaning, try it. And if it works, fine. If it doesn't, aim again until it does work. Keep firing. Keep trying things. Because if you spend, you spend your whole life aiming and never firing. Okay? So, I, it just there's a tremendous amount of inertia and fear. And what if it goes wrong? Well, try things. If it doesn't work, okay. What went wrong? And do it again until you get it right. I started my website, moneyanswers.com. In 1993, okay, and it's evolved tremendously in all kinds. Now I have podcasts and videos and links. I mean, none of that existed before. You just have to kind of keep pushing the envelope and being open to the new technologies as they come on and not resist them. I mean, people could be very scared of cryptocurrencies and podcasting and all that. I think, I think it's great. Whatever new thing comes along, I'm willing to try that too. I love that. I love that. And it's something that I have this, I tell my students so often and the entrepreneurs that come on the show, they, they all literally in some, some way or form are given the same message. You, you guys need to get started. You need to get going. You need to make as many mistakes as you can, as fast as you can, because that's the only way that you're going to learn. That's the only way that you're going to grow. So Jordan, this has been amazing. And I know some of the listeners are, are looking forward to connecting with you. If the listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about you, visit your website. Absolutely. Where, where can they My go? My website is, is moneyanswers.com. Um, you'll see all kinds of links and videos and all kinds of blogs and seeing me on TV and my books, just all kinds of stuff there. It's helped a lot of people. It's own, it's, its own community. I have a monthly newsletter they can sign up for. And I do take emails. I'd love to take emails from your folks as well at moneyanswers.com. Definitely, Jordan. Well, there you have it, guys. And again, there were so many things that I kind of wanted to touch on, Jordan. I was just like, man, you talked about Bitcoin. You talked about you talked about marijuana. You talked about things that, that weren't particularly in the real estate realm, but things that I think are, are going to make make waves and are, have already been making waves for the past few years. So people definitely need to do their research on those things. Me personally, I am a buy and hold real estate investor. I invest in multifamily buildings and apartment complexes, and I try to stay laser focused on what I do, but I definitely want to give the listeners options as far as other things to invest in and other ways to be entrepreneurial. So I'm glad you touched on those things. And I'm sure that some of those topics are on your website. So you guys definitely need to check that out. Jordan, this has been amazing. Maybe we'll be able to get you back on for a part two and discuss some of these other things, but I've had fun and I hope the listeners have, have taken a, a lot away from our conversation. So I salute you and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Dore. I appreciate it very much.